0: Is life in the United States better or worse than it was 50 years ago? New poll out, and the way people's attitudes change depending on who's president, kind of interesting.
1: Mm. I'd say you have to be at least 75 years old to answer that poll, don't you? Oh yeah, otherwise it's just you're, you're, you're going, Opinion, you're, basing, man. You're, you're
0: basing it on TV shows and movies, <laughs> really, right?
1: Some vague notion of life back then? That's a silly question.
0: In general, kind of
2: skeptical about those things, because it always goes back to, was this time better, when I think people are responding to... That's when I was young, and being young is what was awesome. I don't think it's necessarily tied to the decade that you are naming. Well,
1: that could be some of it too. And am I a black woman in Mississippi in this scenario, or am right. I like a suburban guy in San Diego? Yeah, you, you in definitely. This scenario. Yeah, you Uh-oh. definitely
0: have to answer it as a white guy, or or there's no chance of saying life was better in 50 years ago. If you're black, there's no way you could say life was better 50 years ago.
1: Fifty years. Fifty Sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. Well, in most aspects, no. Uh, It gets a little more complicated than that in some of the particulars. There's actually, back in the days of segregation... Okay, if you're going to go
0: 60 years ago, you can't argue with me. Right. No arguing whatsoever. I can't argue
1: with anybody. Half the country, you couldn't vote if you were black. There's where you're wrong. (laughs) See, I told you. That's you showing you could argue about anything. Actually, one interesting aspect of uh, segregation was that there were thriving black economies, businesses and hotels and clubs and the rest of it, um, the, many of which got crushed after, uh, you know, segregation was ended. So, you know, history moves in more complicated ways than it's generally portrayed. So Joe and no, says it's no, I'm better I'm not, to
0: be black 50 years uh, ago. no, and, and
1: I'm not pro-segregation. I'm just saying it's a little more complicated than that. Uh, coming up, the regulatory state versus one California farmer just astounding story just amazing uh and a whole bunch of good stuff we'll try to cram in before the end of the show but right now it's time to take a fond look back at the week that was and what a week it's cow clips of the week right here in this moment standing with you i see my forever i understand
0: that no you
1: don't understand you still got the gun pointed no. out of me bro
0: relax
3: no i'm not gonna relax get the We have children of color and other cultures and we want to make sure that they're able to cross the threshold of those three schools and be comfortable within their surroundings.
4: And as I said, they will be met with fire, fury and frankly power the likes of which this world has never seen before.
1: Thank you. Joining us live now from the White House is Deputy Assistant to the President, Sebastian Gorka. Mr. Gorka, good to see you. Thank you for being with us. Greetings. Gallantly bleaching.
0: <laughs> Sean nailed it earlier, because that's a girl standing in the back of a pickup truck at a demo derby singing the National Anthem. Hell she's, yeah, buddy. She's clearly dating the guy who owns the track.
2: <laughs> Fine, you can sing the National Anthem <laughs> if you promise to never bring it up again.
1: I am not baby. You want to sing? Go ahead and sing. Oh, boy. We'll she put was... you in the back of my pickup truck. You, I got a microphone. You sing that thing. Get good and drunk first, though, baby. You you probably ought to quit drinking. You got to sing the anthem in like an hour. I'm fine, <laughs> baby. I'm telling you, your hand. Look at you. You're waving. You can't talk. I I can sing. Because I can sing if I'm drunk.
0: Because what is that phrase? She she clearly is like a little confused as to what the next word is there for a
1: while. <laughs> Rockets red, <laughs> so gallantly bleaching. <laughs>
4: Bleed, 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 Bleed Mm.
0: stream, (laughs) stream, line. Uh, So this is interesting mathematically. So when you ask people, uh, "Is life better now than it was fifteen years ago? Fifty years ago, or was life better fifty years ago?" About thirty-four percent of people say life was better fifty years ago. But how you get to that number is a complete flip-flop, which just shows you how crazy politics and the way people look at the world is. So Republicans. Currently, 44% of Republicans say that life was better 50 years ago. That's a 26-point leap from the 18% people said a year ago when Barack Obama was president. Similar thing happened with Democrats, where a giant number of people said life was better. Oh, uh, And then oh, wow. is better now, and then flipped it around. Wow. And you end up with the, almost exactly the same number, total Americans who feel that life was better or worse 50 years ago, but based on party, those two numbers flipped completely. Unbelievable. So, so your
1: description So they see it through the lens yep. of who's the current president?
0: Yep. yep. A lot of people apparently wow. see wow. The whether life is good or not completely, whether there's an R or D in the White House, even though your li- your own personal life is basically the same. Right. Right. Which is not a good way to look at
1: the world, I don't think. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that seems crazy to me. Get a hobby. <laughs> Not yelling about the presidency, not yelling about politics. It's just crazy. Yeah. Well, I don't know. who am I to tell people how to live? Oh, that's right. I'm a talk show host. That's what it's I do. Kind of Here's job. Here's how to live. <laughs> um, what time is it? We, well, we could actually break early if we wanted. I mean, what, wait. We, we, yeah. I got a great statistic I could hit you with. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You
0: give us the statistic, I'll be the judge of whether it's great. Okay. South Korea is going to change its laws to make the country less friendly to automation. Those are words, not statistics. Uh, Thank you, Sean. <laughs> Why are they doing this? They're going to make it l- the country less friendly to automation, make it harder to automate. South Korea is the most automated country on the planet currently. They have one robot for every 19 employed humans. Which is way higher than any other country on
1: earth. Yeah, I have no sense. I mean, obviously that sounds high, but I have no sense of how high that is. What do we have in America, for instance? Do I don't know America. Actually, no, I don't. Hmm. Uh, but
0: China for, other, for most other places it's like one for one th- thousands. Wow, not one em- robot for every nineteen employed humans.
1: That's amazing. And
0: they're actually so they're actually going to jump in and try to plan the economy some to stop automation, which sounds like a bad idea to me. Yeah. Although yeah. that's the big question. Is this time it different? Is it is it actually different this time that we've that computers have gotten smart enough that they can automate automate to a point that no it isn't going to create more jobs in the long run people are just going to be unusable
1: unlike the plow in the cotton gin and the computer. Yeah. Wow. Well yeah, well then you you're going to have a massive overpopulation oh, situation. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, well then you're going to have, you know, the, just the uh, two people and 80 robots will create you know, $5 billion of wealth and we'll have extremely high taxes and everybody will be on the government dole oh, yeah. well, and probably lack purpose in their lives. We'll have enormous drug addiction, violence, drunkenness, whatever. Uh, there are currently about... But one... enough about my weekend. I'm sorry, Sean, you <laughs> there,
2: there are currently about 1.75 industrial robots in the U.S. per 1,000
1: workers. I'm sorry, 1.5? 1.75. 1.75. So almost two per thousand, so we'll call it one for uh, 525 workers. Versus one per
0: 19 in South Korea. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we would have to be a state where um, computers are doing everything. We all just lay around and uh, watch Netflix and, and use opioids. and Which well, uh, sounds
1: great for, you know, maybe a week.
0: And live off the government, I guess, or
1: off the robots. God, life will be so different.
0: Oh, you'd have to completely you restructure. You have no purpose. You'd have to completely restructure society in every single way.
1: God, it's so much like a brave new world. I'm going to re-re-re-re-re-read that so I'm going to be ready. They're going to give us SOMA, which is the drug they give everybody. You walk around stone, you play games, you have indiscriminate sex uh, with people, and uh, they just keep you drugged up and obedient. Well,
0: that's troubling. Or sounds awesome, depending on who you are. Maybe it just sounds awesome. How soon can we get there?
1: If only we'd listened to sticks, they tried to warn us
0: about Mr.
1: Roboto? Machine or Mandra
0: Man? Question they asked. I paid good money to see this tour live.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry.
0: It was dumb in retrospect. That guy, that guy with the English accent singing, he's from Chicago. Yes.
3: <laughs>
0: the regulatory state versus mankind. Uh, coming up on The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: get Getty Show. Thanks a million for tuning in. We've been uh, talking about this sort of thing for a long time, often in concert with our friends from the Pacific Legal Foundation, the spectacular, sometimes bizarre overreach by the EPA and the federal government on regulations having to do with particularly uh, you know, puddles and wet spots uh, around America and whether they're, quote, unquote, the navigable waters of the United States and the rest of it. And some of these nightmare stories of people getting fined and, and all and another one has popped up. And Tony is a writer for the Weekly Standard, senior writer, and he's covering this story that I, I think the Pacific Legal Foundation is involved in. Hello, Tony. How are you, sir?
3: I'm doing great. Good morning.
1: Excellent. So listen, uh, glad to have you on the show. We appreciate it. Um, a story out of Northern California um, where a guy was, well, why don't you tell us the tale? He's plowing a field and all of a sudden the feds are uh, standing on his shoes and, uh, and, and barking orders at him.
3: It's one of those things where you think it's just, hey, I'm going to plant some wheat on my field, and what could go wrong? But um, you have a farmer who owns some land near Red Bluff about in Tehama County, about halfway between Sacramento and the Oregon border. Buys a piece of land, 450 acres. Uh, He knows there's there's a nearby creek, and he knows that there's some what are called vernal pools, which are – Little pools that seasonally have water in them, rainwater. But you know, in the summertime, they they don't have water in them. So he decides he's going to plant some wheat. Hires a guy to uh, plow the field. Guy plows the field. Unfortunately, a uh, regulator with the Army Corps of Engineers happened to drive by and see that there was some plowing going on there. And uh, that sort of set in motion a series of events. This is, you know, four years ago, locked up in uh, legal battles, going to court, and basically, and you're right, it is the Pacific Legal Foundation representing uh, this farmer, a guy named John uh, Duarte. Uh, They're seeking to fine him uh, $2.8 million and have him – uh, pay another $13 million or so in uh, mitigation uh, credits to buy some offsetting um, environmental land. And so he says, you know, it's, uh, I'm just planting some wheat uh, on my field, and I have the full power of the regulatory state coming after me. And, you know, they don't like it when you sort of, when you fight them. They, they prefer that you acquiesce.
1: Right, and they punish you for fighting them. They make it extra expensive. Well, I'm a little surprised that with the dawn of the Trump administration, this sort of uh, case that really looks like a stretch hasn't ended
3: it is sort of surprising. I mean, I think you've seen a lot of these tales coming out of the uh, obama administration, and when Trump got into office, you know they started really peeling back a lot of the regulations. I mean, I think you can whatever side of the political spectrum you're on i I think people would agree that one of the things that Trump has been able to do is peel back some of these regulations, like the, you know like it or not um, and so they're making progress on the regulatory front, but they're still you know, cases out there being pursued by the Justice Department that are still ongoing that uh, date to several years ago to the Obama administration that haven't been dropped.
1: So uh, getting into some of the particulars of this case, I know that um, uh, Mr. Duarte, the, the farmer, received a cease and desist letter from the Army Corps of Engineers that accused him of deep ripping, which is plowing three to four feet deep. Um, was he doing that?
3: Well, the evidence says he wasn't doing that. Initially, he was what, not. It, it, he was not. The investigators thought that he was. They saw a, a tractor that was capable of making um, holes, of, of plowing that deep, three to four feet deep. But it had a regulator. It turns out, uh, they didn't know this at the time, it had a regulator on it that set the the, um, the depth to less than a foot. So he was plowing it at less than a foot, which is more appropriate for, for wheat. You know, There's some uh, speculation they thought that he wanted to plant some uh, walnut trees or almond trees, which require a deeper dig, which maybe would really sort of tear up the the ground but this is he was he was planting wheat and it was a fairly um um it it was not that that deep of a of a rip
1: and 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 just just to nail this down so he had some vernal pools on his land although i I understand this all starting to unfold in november so it's not about like dumping stuff into creeks or it's just he was messing with the large puddles
3: the large puddles that sometimes don't have water in them correct right. i mean it was and so they say well he was discharging you know they, they you look at the language and they say well he was he was discharging material into waters of the united states when actually he was what he was discharging is the surrounding dirt from the uh, the the pla- from the tractor from the plow you know that was going through and moving some of the dirt a little bit uh, underneath the earth um, to a location a few inches away. I mean, that's what plowing is,
1: right? In, in so, a place so where... we're discharging
3: yeah. into the waters of the United States, so we're going to come after
1: him. Where sometimes it's wet. Well, I right. can't, you know, because Trump has talked about this very sort of thing. Um, I, I can't believe it's going on, but um, I guess the the fight will continue and...
3: Well, I think so. You know, part of it is you know the Justice Department is a little bit understaffed. They haven't nominated a lot of the positions. You know, the Justice Department obviously has a lot of other things going on, right? Russia and sanctuary cities, and I mean, they're they're and they don't have a lot of political appointees there. That that might help explain some of it.
1: Well, you know, part of your piece here, and uh, Tony Massia, senior writer for the Weekly Standards is online, part of your piece here mentions that the section of the Clean Water Act exempts normal farming and ranching activities, et cetera, such as plowing, blah, blah, blah. Why doesn't that just end it?
3: Well, they're saying that normal farming uh, consists of... It means continual farming. That in order to have normal farming, you can't just come in and convert a what is a, a pasture into a wheat field. That is, you're converting it. That that's not normal farming. That's ridiculous. They want, they want to see you continued. If you're continuing to farm wheat, they're not going to mess with you. But if you come in and want to plant wheat on a just an open field, that that uh, that they don't consider that to be normal farming.
1: That just sounds like horse ass to me. Begging the government for permission to do your job. Tony Macias, senior editor for the Weekly Standard. We'll keep an eye on this one, uh, Tony, and uh, stay in touch with the, the uh, Pacific Legal Foundation as well. Thanks a bunch. Thanks a lot. Good to talk to you. Oh, and, you know, we've talked to Tim the lawyer about this sort of thing through the years. Once the government decides you're guilty, you're guilty until proven innocent, you rack up enormous fines While you're appealing it, because it's like, you know, $10,000 a day fine. And, And it takes, you know, like five weeks for them to answer your letter. So meanwhile, you've accumulated hundreds of thousands of dollars of fine, not to mention the legal costs and the rest of it. And some of these things, some of these cases that the PLF has fought are like people who own a lot in a subdivision. Perfectly normal lot. Looks like every other lot in the subdivision ain't any more wet than, you know, a dry thing. Um, But the EPA looked at a satellite map, says, no, you're a wetland accidentally, and all of a sudden you're looking at millions of dollars of fines. It's crazy.
0: Kind of similar. Regulations, nanny statish, whatever. Um, I was at the uh, community pool the other day with my kids again, and another example of uh, what I was talking about last week of how I went my whole life, I don't know how many hundred times I've been to the city pool in my life starting as a kid. Hundreds and hundreds of times. One time I might have been whistled for running. Other than that, no interaction with lifeguards. As an adult in the modern world, every single time at the pool, I run afoul of the pool police somehow. That's amazing. Because there's so many different things going on. But there the other day, and I heard the tweet, sir! Sir! You can't uh, you can't be tossing that kid in the air like that. And I looked over and there was some dad who had like a two-year-old with floaties on his arm kind of tossing her in the air and letting her oh on the Oh, my God. Like every dad has done with their kids since, you know, the <sighs> dawn of time. Right. And he said, what? He said, her feet need to be in the water at all time. Part of her body needs to be in the water at all time. Oh, my God. Somebody... said, you're kidding, he said oh the little lifeguard. said, no, that's state regulation or city regulation or whatever. And the little girl actually said, daddy, throw me again. I can't can't we're violating the law, their insurance policy doesn't allow for you to be in the air, so we can't do that I mean he was you know he was saying that loud enough for the high school or lifeguard you know not yeah. that it's his fault, but their insurance policy doesn't allow it, so insurance won't let us do that i mean he was he was nicer about it than than I have been, but uh just you know so I thought that was interesting, so yet another running afoul of the pool police the problem of course that with that being to me is. You're you, you've got a a grown man, father, not allowed to make a decision on how far he wants to go no. with something exciting and dangerous for the kid. The state needs to step in on that, right? right? You can't let a father decide that on their own. Uh, then there was something that happened early, later, and I didn't see what it was. But the lifeguards had to do some actual lifeguarding. Jumped in the pool, grabbed a kid or something like that. Doesn't seem like it was a huge deal, but they, they jumped in the water. Surprised they're allowed to. The most interesting thing that happened after that, though, was nine different lifeguards show up from all over the place, including a bunch of managers with clipboards, and then the paperwork starts getting filled up. Oh, boy. And I, in my life... Incident reports. Exactly. I, in my life, had seen lifeguards do things in the past. I don't remember seeing any paperwork at all. You just grab the kid, pull him out, everybody, okay, ha, ha go back to it. This went on for, I'm guessing, 20 minutes, wow. at least, of paperwork, interviewing people, going around, interviewed the dad. What did you see? What was the first thing you saw? And then what happened? And then going to each lifeguard. When did you first hear the whistle? Uh Uh-huh. Writing that down. What did you hear? What happened then? And getting all this paperwork for some minor incident where nothing happened to file for somebody to be in uh, compliance with some freaking law. Wow.
1: And a country that spends its time doing that is not innovating and creating.
0: Isn't isn't that amazing?
1: You know, in a related note, we got this nice note from Ray in uh, Massachusetts. We already have a national show. He's a... talking about the incredibly picky, uh, difficult-to-explain uh, permit or requirements. Uh, what's up to code in your house? You wanted to design one of those staircases that's like in the middle, and if you wanted to go under the lower flight, you'd have to duck. I mean, just like the Brady Bunch house is my favorite example. Or a lot of houses I've been in, but right. they don't allow that, I guess. Right. Well, he points out a big reason for all the permitting requirements on home construction is, and I hate this, insurance. Because most people can't afford to buy their home outright, they get a loan. One of the requirements of getting a loan is the house is insured. If there are not standards for construction, then insurance companies will be loath to provide insurance for non-standard construction because our society's so litigious, and your idiot friend might bump his head on the bottom of the stairs and sue you because he forgot to duck, or well, or his insurance company. Um, wow. His insurance company will sue your insurance company.
0: That is interesting. Yeah, if you didn't catch that, uh, I was talking to an architect about putting a second floor in our house and where the staircase was. And he said, that won't work there because it wouldn't be high enough to get under without ducking. And I said, was there a problem with that? And he said, yeah, the, 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 the regulations are the staircase. You can't have people have to duck. And I thought, wow, you can't build a house. It would seem to me that if I want to build a house with six-foot ceilings so I have to walk with my knees bent everywhere I go, I can. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's my with M.C. House. Escher painting. <laughs> but no, you can't, and yeah. that's the reason the insurance company.
1: And then Ray, who clearly decided to fight the power, said that being said, before selling my home in California moving to Massachusetts, I had a contract to renovate two of the bathrooms in my house, uh, retiling showers, bath floors, new toilets, all new countertops. I had all of this done without a permit. There you go. F you. Wow. Government. That is incredible. Permit to put tile in your bathroom. The government has to permit. You have to ask for permission to put tile in your bathroom. The land of the free my ass. That is crazy. That's yeah, just insane. And people, kids, kids these days, kids these days. They grew up with it, so they yep. think it's normal. That's
0: what bothers me the most. That's, that's what how bothers freedom me the most. died. At the swimming pool, what bothers me is that high school girl thinks that's normal, that that's the way the world always has been, yeah. that a dad can't throw his kid in the air at the pool. Yeah. And my kids are growing up thinking that it's normal to have people around with whistles blowing their whistle every five minutes telling you what you can and can't do. Right. It seems crazy to me, because that's not the way pools were when I was a kid. It's going to yeah. seem normal to them, and that bothers me. Yep that there will always be somebody around, the man, the government, saying, no, that, none of that, none of that, that's too high, that's too low, that's too hot, that's too
1: cold, you can't wear that, you can't drive that way, you can't do this. As uh, Tim Sandifer says in his fabulous book, uh, Permission Society, inspired by conversations with us, uh, we have now a permission society, now a liberty society, where your freedom is limited so you don't hurt people and blah, blah, blah. No, you have limited things you get permission for, and those are the only things you can do. They've confiscated our rights and are selling them back to us. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips?
4: LDC well, buzzed about President Trump's attacks on GOP party leaders, particularly Mitch McConnell. News you need millennials' favorite things to eat after a one-night stand. Oh. And HBO's offering a quarter-million-dollar bounty to hackers. Coming up
1: minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. What you ought to eat is your shame. Choke it down, harlots. And then surlets. Try eating a Bible! What? Maybe you've learned
0: something. What? (laughs) The Bible. From eating it? (laughs) I'm sure that works. He's an ingestitarian. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know what I don't want my kids to be? I don't want them to be ever the kind of people that would show up to a pop star's trial. To show support. <laughs> like all of Taylor Swift's fans. Ever,
1: love you, Taylor!
0: That are outside the Denver courthouse to make sure she knows she's got support. What well, is wrong the, with you? Those
1: throngs of lunatics who'd show up every time they tried Jacko for right. groping a kid. God, we dang. love you, Michael!
0: Oh, yeah. You know, Taylor Swift will be just fine without you there cheering her on. She'll be okay. On News Now with Marshall Phillips.
4: President Trump has been busy. He continues firing more zingers at Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and other Republicans, calling the Senate's recent failure to repeal and replace Obamacare a disgrace. I just want him to get repeal and replace done. I've been hearing repeal and replace now for seven years. All I hear is repeal and replace. And then I get there and I said, where's the bill I want to sign it first day? And they don't have it. As for McConnell himself, Mr. Trump did not give him a vote of confidence when he was pressed by reporters. Trump said he just wants to get something done. Well, I'll tell you what, if he doesn't get repeal and replace done, and if he doesn't get taxes done, meaning cuts and reform, and if he doesn't get a very easy one to get done, infrastructure, if he doesn't get them done, then you can ask me that question.
0: And Washington, D.C. was aghast. Yes. Oh, my God, McConnell might lose his position, or the Trump the Trump thinks he should... Yeah, why the hell not? Is this counterproductive? You're the leader of the Senate, and you can't lead your people to do anything. Maybe it's not your fault, but your job is to get them to do something, and they can't. So try somebody different. And McConnell saying the other day, I think the president had unrealistic expectations. Where did those expectations come
1: from? (laughs) All
0: of your members giving thousands of speeches for seven years saying they were going to repeal. And then when they had a president that could actually sign it, they didn't have the freaking balls to do it. I mean, that is. I I hate Mitch McConnell for saying that. Hate him. He couldn't leave soon enough for my taste. Well, they, like
1: everybody, assumed Hillary was going to win. So the libertarian end of the party never got to the might as well be Democrat end of the party to say, look, we got to come up with something we can all agree on. Or or else we're going to look like ineffective a-holes because they didn't think that day would dawn. Now, after Trump won and they actually did have that conversation, turned out they were at loggerheads. It's just ridiculous. I mean, you can't
0: blame the president for unrealistic expectations when you've been saying this for right. so long, including Mitch McConnell, by the way. Right. Uh we get the majority and we will repeal and replace. No, you won't.
1: Obviously On day you won't. One. <laughs> yeah, right.
4: HBO's offering a quarter million dollars as a bounty payment to the hacker who stole TV show scripts and thousands of emails and financial documents from the company. They are paying? They've offered a quarter million dollar bounty payment, but a source familiar oh, a
1: bounty. Okay.
4: Yeah, but a source familiar with the situation said it was just a delaying tactic. As from CNBC, the hackers demanded money worth 6 months of their salary, claiming they made 12 to 15 million dollars from stealing intellectual property and blackmailing companies those hackers appear to have been engaged in email correspondence with HBO HBO is now asking them to put off their full demand for at least another week so they're going back and forth, they're stalling for time to see what the investigators can come up with Clearly, Yelp surveyed 2,000 millennials and they have found the favorite foods millennials like to eat after a one night stand coming in 4th place it was pasta 3rd place they like What kind of a question is this? What who asked? Who would air this? (laughs) Yelp. Fake news Yelp.
1: Oh, Yelp, right.
4: Tacos came in a distant second while seventy-five percent of the millennials they asked named pizza as their favorite thing to eat after a one-night stand.
1: Mm, that's clearly true. And yes, who it's would delicious ask this? and has weird, difficult to explain shame softening properties.
4: <laughs> <laughs> One last note: we got another NBA setback. New Sacramento Kings player Zach Randolph facing charges of possession of pot with the intent to sell. Wow. The NBA, because wow. the
1: NBA doesn't pay very much these
4: days.
2: Yeah, just signed a brand new twenty-four million dollars contract, yeah. but it's this—it's the uh, he just had so much that they just tag on the intent to sell. I don't think he was trying to flip dime bags on the side. Oh, really? How much did he have? Do you know? Yeah, <laughs> like two pounds. <laughs>
1: that's
0: plenty. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah. but that's a lot of pot. Don't all athletes know you don't carry your own drugs or whatever around? You have people that do that for you. I thought that was like. Uh, stay out of trouble 101 for athletes.
2: Yeah, that's that's honorage, entry level honorage right. yeah. stuff. Right. You're the bag man. You hold the stuff. If anybody comes up, this is yours. If
0: we, you know, he's not running around by himself. If we're all running around to the bars or going to concerts or whatever, I'm not the one who carries the dope. <laughs> right.
4: Who on the show would you, would you make carry it?
2: I'd volunteer for it. I'd, I'd, I'd happily fight those fights. You're willing to carry my drugs. Appreciate it. I'm
1: picturing, you know, according to potheads who've, who've allowed me into their dark, meaningless existence, I mean, you get a quarter ounce bag of some pretty good bud, and that'll last you a pretty long time. I mean, unless you just smoke constantly. A quarter of an ounce... Times four of those is an ounce. Times sixteen is a pound. Times two—that's a lot of weed. That is. Surely how much weed, weed
0: do you need? You think he's actually trying to sell pot? No. Nah. No. Nah. That'd be pretty dumb.
4: I'd give my weed to Marshall. He's already been to
2: jail. If so. I go to yeah. Costco and I buy a forty-pound box of pretzels, I'm not trying to sell pretzels. It's just
4: cheaper if you buy it <laughs> well, in bulk. Maybe you are. There you go, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips on the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Yeah, it's Costco America. You'd think you could say no, I just buy big quantities to save money.
0: Out in the parking lot, you're trying to turn a profit by selling little bags of pretzels.
1: (laughs) Black market, entrepreneur. Hey, Skew, you you need some ketchup?
0: (laughs) Uh, The petering out part of the Armstrong and Getty Show coming up next. I promise it, It's Friday. It'll be good, won't it? You're listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well,
4: I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. Well, I I gotta admit, we did hope that you stick around a little bit longer. Me too, but the Mooch has no regrets, baby. All I did was sell my company, miss the birth of my child, and ruin my entire reputation. <laughs> all to be king of Idiot Mountain for 11 days.
0: <laughs> the Mooch is loose! That's from last night's Saturday Night Live on a Thursday night. Bringing back, what's his name, who is uh, always funny. Harry hater, Bill Hater. Bill hater. Um, I
1: hadn't realized Mooch was standing there smiling like a moron next to Trump as he gave that wacky Boy Scout speech while his child was being born. Yeah. I'm sorry, honey, I can't beat her. I gotta be there. Uh, I got to be standing next to the president.
0: Well, she'd filed for divorce. Apparently, what, for whatever reason, they're splitting up. It was bad enough that she didn't even want him there. And he texted her after the kid was born. Congratulations. Which is weird.
1: <laughs> I, I, I've heard no th- thumbs up emoji or anything. The
4: theory floated that he wasn't the dad,
0: a bastage. Uh That would explain it. Yeah. If that's ah. the case, that would explain a congratulations. Well, wow. congratulations
1: on your bastard.
2: <laughs> that's nice. It sounds cruel when you say it <laughs> that way. <laughs> is there a card for that?
0: <laughs> the mooch, the real mooch, is on Colbert Monday night, which is
1: almost guaranteed to be good. Yeah. Colbert, the anti-Trump activist. Interesting.
4: He's doing doing one of the Sunday talk shows, at least one also. Is he really? really? Is he trying to
0: rehabilitate himself or just become a bigger star? He's a weirdo, so who knows what he's up to.
4: A couple of
0: things for you. Number of homes for sale at a 20 year low. Is that the raw number or percentage? Because if it's a raw number, that's amazing because there are a lot more homes, I'm guessing, than there were 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, uh, That's that. What else did I have? Oh, one in four K through 12 teachers have felt intimidated by their students' knowledge or use of tech devices. Mm. I can believe that because my uh, my five year old, the way he gets around the Kindle, is shocking to me. Mm. I say, "How do you do this?" He says, you swipe this. You go up there. You put in the password. Go to this. How'd you learn to do that? Mm. It's just—it's like picking up a language. They're in that pick up a language portion of their uh, their brain working. Their
1: brain work. is plastic, as they say. Yeah. In the brain business, your brain hmm, not my so brain much. My brain is uh, mush.
0: What's the hardest thing you can get?
1: <laughs> granite.
0: Yes, my brain is granite. Yeah. Nothing new's going to get in there, <laughs> and nothing old's going to get out. <laughs> my brain is stuck right where it is. Wow. Everything I've learned has got to be the same forever. Yeah. Oh, no. Kind of oh, feels boy. that way sometimes. I get one new password and it's it seems like a huge deal. But yeah, the the way the way kids can pick up the whole computer thing is incredible. I'm sure that does intimidate older
1: teachers. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and plus they know the kids are, you know, uh, pulling wacky stunts behind their back with the technology, tweeting pictures of their backsides and the rest of it. Who knows what? Really. Well, yeah, Instagramming, Whatever happened, Snapchatting,
0: whatever happened to a thumbtack on the chair? Oh, A simpler a, time. That's a puncture wound. That's not funny. I've never thought that was funny either. How uh, let just burn me with a cigarette? It's hilarious. <laughs> let's, let's hear our guest announcer.
4: Hold my beer. It's time for Final Thoughts with Armstrong and Gay. Hold my beer? <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> let's get a... Get to our host of Final Thoughts, Joe Getty.
1: Thank you, everybody. Let's welcome back the fabulous Marshall Phillips with his final thought. I gotta tell you, I'm salivating Mega Millions and
4: Powerball up to seven hundred and forty-nine million dollars combined. Mega Millions drawings tonight, Powerball Saturday, and I have my revised list of staffers who will benefit from my big winnings. Fantastic. Uh, As Grandpa plays the Powerball. Remember
0: how nice (laughs) we were to you when you uh, had the dental problems. That's
4: right. Vincent, what's your final thought? Band name of the day goes to Joseph Getty for the Murderous Babes. Future Saturday Night Live parody of the day goes to Jack Armstrong for Trounce Dryer Sheets. And the today goes
1: back to Joe Getty for Did My Blank Fall Off? Listen to the podcast, kids. (laughs) (laughs) I used the D word. I'm sorry. Michelangelo, what's your final thought? Uh, Yeah, here, I got some new swimming, pool regulations Um, if you eat something from the snack bar you must wait six hours before resuming swimming and also no more waving to your children in the pool this may cause a distraction and drownings oh my Uh, uh, Sean positive Sean final thought yeah pretty weak offering from the
2: movies this weekend if you haven't seen Dunkirk or Spider-Man yet check those out otherwise wait until next weekend
0: there's some good stuff coming out Vincent, you gave your final
2: thoughts. No more.
0: No more out of you. Jack, what's your final thought? I do want to get out to Dunkirk. Could they show it like in the middle of the night? I could sneak away from home or something. Uh, this is a, an important stat to have at your handy. Vegetarians are twice as likely to be depressed as meat eaters. So the next time a vegetarian is being all vegetarian-y in your face, throw that back at them.
1: Hey, sad sack, eat some meat. (laughs) (laughs) My final thought is, uh, tell your kids sometimes during an eclipse, the moon gets stuck and plunges the earth into months of darkness. Mm. Make them afraid. Then when the sun does reappear, they'll be relieved and joyful. You will have given them joy. God, I hope this isn't a letdown. Letdown? How could it
0: be? I don't know. I thought the supermoon was going to be something great, and it wasn't... (laughs) I still get mocked for the supermoon.
3: <laughs> well, rightfully well so. Well-deserved, yes. yes. Armstrong
0: Indeed.
1: and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. If you see something over the weekend we ought to be talking about, send it along. We don't see everything. Come on now. We're only human.
0: How about we slow things down a little bit? No nuclear war over the weekend? I'd hate to have to come in on a Saturday afternoon or something like that because World
1: War Three started. In our radiation suits? Yeah. That'd be a drag, wouldn't it? We will see you Monday. God bless America.
2: Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from that Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. But now the time has come to go. If this little cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be
4: in heaven still doing this show.
2: See you some other time!
1: (laughs) Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.